Wayne, it was them. They were talking about Wayne with Juvenile and uh, the Hot Boys. The Hot Boys, the other guy. Um, and then they did a little bit of like, oh, Wayne. Now I'm assuming season five, we're gonna get a lot more Lil Wayne, um, like because like the trajectory of where they're going with this, I feel like we're just gonna get more. So I feel like I didn't get enough like early Lil Wayne. Yeah, like, they didn't. Or, they didn't really touch on the Carter. Exactly. They didn't on and how like impactful it was. They were just like, oh, Millie was on it. There you go. Yeah. They also didn't. They they didn't really touch Kanye at all either. Yeah, they just talked about how he was kind of like an asshole when he was a young kid. Yeah, and like they didn't. Did they even bring up 808s and Heartbreak? No, but that's like his. But they they only brought up uh, uh, late registration. Yeah, that's all they did. So I'm assuming later because the end of season four goes like, oh, you can only imagine where like this will go in like the digital era. So I think like they're going to get a lot more into um, definitely SoundCloud. They're going to get into social media, like what that means and everything. And then they're probably going to, I would assume it's early internet. And so I think if they do another four episodes, the four episodes are going to be um, like still like not super into like, Oh, like people basically are meeting. Let's not get. They're not going to be talking about fucking uh, Brockhampton, like where people are meeting on the internet or anything. But what new music? Lil Wayne dropped an EP. I I actually just saw the funeral. No wheezy workout. The funeral was like over the winter. It was in like January. EP Shimmy featuring Doja Cat. Clap for him. I was already listening. I already listened to this. The Doja Cat. It wasn't good. I don't know about these other ones with Big Sean and Lil Baby. That could be that could be hot. That might be fire. Let me. I'm listening to it right now. I would rec- start recording now. Oh, I already did. Yeah. It's already come out. This came out on the 17th. That was three days ago. I feel like I've heard this exact song before, though. Oh, nope. This is good. Dude's good. Um, yeah. I'm going to finish listening to that later. Yeah. So, um,. Besides that, I mean, I know we were, were already talking about um, hip hop evolution. Um, you like it? I just farted and it smells bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you make the same face that you make when you're like listening to like a good fucking track. You're like, ooh, yeah. And I was like, oh, you like it? No, I, no, I just ripped ass, dude. <laughs> got him um so i mean dude doing top five wayne songs could be impossible Uh, he has so many songs so many and that's what they talked about in hip-hop evolution i'm glad that they they introduced that season with the mixtape like basically being like i love how they were talking about 
um, how 50 Cent was like in mixtapes calling people out. He gets big, gets on a record label. He's in Death Row. He's with Suge and um, Dr. Dre and everything. And right. That's right. Right. Yeah. No, he wasn't on Death Row. He was just Interscope. Interscope. But he's working with Suge and, and everything. Yeah, I mean, like, um, yeah, because he, he was like mobbed up with Dre, Snoop, Eminem, all of them. Yeah. Um, so he's like, OK, he's got a record deal now. And I love like I forget who was saying it because it's been like a week since I watched it. But it was like like 50 would drop like, you know, he dropped the album um, like Let Me Die or whatever it was. He drops like into club. Get, get like, Richard Die Trying. Yeah, Get Richard Die Trying. He drops in the club, which is fucking amazing. And then a week later, he drops like a 28 song mixtape. It's just like. He does. He did not stop. Well, so I it's think the same with Wayne. Like Wayne would be post Hot Boys. Wayne would. He made probably. This is probably exactly what happened. He made the Carter and was just like, well, I'm just gonna go back into the studio and make another like mixtape. Just make mixtapes over and over and over again. I also think that I I would make an argument that Wayne was the pioneer of that like sort of movement where he was famous for like because it was like he kind of started it. I would argue. And then New Yorkers started doing it. Gucci got really big doing it, which is just make music, just fucking flood the market exactly, with yeah. music. And like I, Wayne was dropping like the drought mixtapes. I think he had another line of mixtapes called Dedication. Yeah. yeah. And then like I you the other thing I would think is that these guys were going into the studio recording 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 a bunch of shit and then nitpicking for their albums and then dropping the rest of it as a mixtape yeah <laughs> or I mean, that, like I'm shit with like samples they couldn't clear drop it as a mixtape because that's like why famously why um i think it's the drought mixtapes none of them can ever go on apple music or spotify because they're all remixes of other songs yeah that's what they were talking with 50 too like fit they were like oh 50 in new york when he before he he got on to um with shook with shug he was like fitty would call you out in a in a mixtape mm-hmm. and then the next mix, mixtape after he called you out you would probably like try to do your diss or try to like throw something back at him he would then take one of your songs and then do it better than you yeah <laughs> just, i was just like fuck man like like I already loved 50 Cent, but it was just a fuck, man. Like, yeah, like, of course he's he's going to do that shit. He was just, like, a bad motherfucker. 50 was like, also, like, the first better. guy who, um, like, sort of brought into style wearing bulletproof vests all the time. Yeah, they had that story. 50 and his gang were just always rocking bulletproof yeah. vests. Forget what, what – I can't remember what producer it was. Maybe, like – I can't remember what producer it was, but they were, like – Oh yeah, like I came into the studio and I was like, oh, I can't wait to work with like Fiddy and I everything. Exactly. And we were all they're all in bulletproof vests, and he's like, fuck, like we about to get like run off. And they were, dude, they like, were like fucking. That? It was like an armory in there. They just yeah, had, they had guns, guns. tech nines, pistols, just like laying around. They were all strapped up. That was like the shit I loved about this documentary, and you're gonna love it even more when you start fucking watching like the earlier seasons yeah. and everything, is like the stories that come out from the studios. Yeah. The um, Atlanta and Outcast, uh, the Dirty South one where they were talking about how like, it, or like the dungeon, mm-hmm. Killer Mike talks about the dungeon, or like the dungeon crew, and then it's like Outcast with like Big Boy and, and, and Andre, and then it was also um, 
shoot, I'm blanking on them. It's like another rap group that was in, um, or uh, the the Goody Mob. Yeah, um, it was like another like group, and they were like, "Yeah, we just be sitting in the fucking dungeon like a lot of weed, <laughs> like 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 too much weed." Like, and yeah, the, a lot it, of was, weed it was also super cool because they bring up a lot how before studios were really like a mainstream thing, people would just like like a producer or whatever or like a big name DJ would just set up shop in like his mom's basement, and That's then everyone the would just fucking hang out there. And like they would just like put out music because that it was, was like, what else are they gonna do? That was the Atlanta dungeon. The guy was like, Oh, I yeah. made beats, but like I live I he lived in a different apartment. He was like, yeah. I lived in an apartment, but I didn't have a basement and my mom's house. So I would go from my house to my mom's house, go into the basement because she had one, and then I would make beats there. Um, I also just want to take a quick second because you brought up Killer Mike. Um, I discovered a new podcast called the 85 south show um it is two uh black dudes from atlanta comedians and they do sort of like a it's like a it's it's a it's a a lane of podcasts that i haven't really heard yet i I don't know how to better describe it than that but they had killer mike on to uh promo rtj4 a couple weeks ago and it was really cool to because mike like his like cousin is like having a kid with like one of, like they're somehow related. Yes. He's somehow related to those two guys. They're all from like the same parts of Atlanta, and it was cool to hear Mike just sort of like chopping it up with two dudes and being like a very relaxed environment with like his people smoking, drinking, whatever. One of the dudes tried to sell him an Astro van. It was for fifty six hundred dollars. It was funny. I love Killer Mike like so much. Like they, he, I feel like he was underused in that Atlanta episode. 100%. Because his tagline, his little like tag when they like superimposed his like name and title on the screen was one shot, it was just Killer Mike um, rapper. That's all yeah. it was. It was like Atlanta rapper. And then the next one, when they started talking about like the Goody Mob and Outcast it being in the dungeon, it was like he, like rapper slash dungeon crew. And yeah. I'm like, you could you could put on RTJ on there. You could put on his like the, his own rap group that he was in. You could was also put up and slash activist. Like, yeah, the activist. Yeah, like, exactly. I also and, that's that's what I wonder is I wonder when some of this. I wonder when some of these interviews were done. A and B when some of this stuff was produced because obviously like season that, one and two had to have been produced so a couple season, of years ago. Season one. Not your season one, my season yeah. one. Season one was in 2016, season two, 2018, season three, 19, season four, 2020. Mm-hmm. I think I think season four dropped in January. The one in Atlanta with Killer Mike was 2019. That was season three of the Dirty South. So that means um, it must have been recorded and produced like 2018. Probably 18. Yeah. What is that? Uh, that's not, that's post RTJ3. Yeah, I think so. Because I think three came out in seventeen or like early, early eighteen. We were we were in college, right? We had to have been. Yeah, I remember being in your basement. And so it had, it had to have been. It. it had to have been like eighteen then. Yeah. Anyways, uh, um, I went on like a little uh, tear, um, looking up like YouTube videos of of uh, Mike on talk shows. He loves John Stewart. He's been yeah. on John Stewart like three, four times. And Dude, everybody loves today. John Stewart. Like, yeah. We need John Stewart back in our lives. Jim Stewart. Um, yes. And uh, 
he talked about how he's like, oh, I own uh, three barbershops in Atlanta. And then I was like, I after watching that, and then I watched the Hip Hop Evolution. I'm like, oh, he's in his fucking barbershop in Atlanta yeah. and everything. Yeah. He's cut it up with cat. I like, I love that. Have you ever seen the Killer Mike interviews Bernie Sanders in one of his barbershops? It's like I've an seen, hour and a half video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure that's I that's worthwhile to watch. Um, I want to also get on his trigger warning Netflix show. I've watched it, dude. It's really fucking good, and it's really fuck. It's really interesting because you realize that basically because of race, he essentially like I don't want to put words in his mouth, and I don't want to phrase this poorly, but he essentially takes a lot of things that he has grown up believing and like sort of has seen in the world and then sort of like really makes them way bigger than like necessarily he thinks like he so this is a bad example this isn't what i'm 100 trying to say but there's one episode where they're on tour and he tries to only consume black uh like goods and services so it's only like he only eats at black owned restaurants. He only shops at black owned stores. He only shops or like gets his hair cut at black barber shops. Yeah. Um, and then there's other ones where like eventually he gets, I think the very last episode, he like basically buys a plot of land and he has like a, he essentially has like a quote unquote different country where it's like there are only black people and they are like surviving off of the land. Yeah, like this is this is how he's he's probably like again not trying to put words in his mouth, but like the experiment is basically like if what if this country was just run by African Americans and everything, or like, even and like he's trying to make it that way, like where it's only Af like African American owned places and business is done, and how the economy would work if it was just an African American population. I think one of his other big points is he makes this across the board in a lot of different interviews is like there was a time in which large, large parts of Atlanta and like the South, like black communities were essentially self-sufficient. Like mm. every neighborhood would have gardens and vegetables and like they would be eating off the land and they would be like surviving in their own little bubble of a community. Yeah. And one of his big things is like, we need to start doing that again, like, or else we're just going to get phased out of this. Yeah. No, he, he had mentioned the, that idea that like, um, um, that experience he had where when he was on tour, he was only doing like the, the, the black only like companies and businesses and everything on the John or, Either Conan or John Stewart, um, and he was like, it was a great experience. Let's say he didn't say much, but he was like, it was a great yeah. experience. Then went <clears> into <throat> the rest of Trigger Warning, basically like it's he just loves sitting down with people, and he's like, I just love having uh, an argument, having like a, a thoughtful discussion, yeah, for sake for like discussion's sake and everything. Yeah. He, like, I just love doing that. He's like, I love getting with. He's like friends, enemies. He's like, I just love sitting down and talking with people. And I feel like that's such like a, not to get too meta here, but like that's such a lost thing in this world of social media and bullshit is that like, if you have like a disagreement with someone, it's like you just sort of yell at each other for a minute. Whereas yeah. like if everyone just took a second and sat down and like had a drink and smoked some weed together and talked about it, like right now be much happier. Right now the world <laughs> is that uh, Twitter video of the two white dudes just going, ah, no, ah, middle finger, middle finger. That's what like the world is right now. And he takes a step away, turns back around and gives him an another finger. Right, that's what the world is right now. Um, um, but 
Uh, do you have any stuff for like new music? Um, no, but uh, I recently just uh, I don't know what I was doing. I was watching like a Twitter video, YouTube video, or something. And Stevie Wonder's "Isn't She Lovely" came on, and I was like, I would really, I would really like to learn that on guitar. And so I did. And so I'm, I'm into Stevie Wonder right now. Hell yeah. Everybody, every, I have the fucking worst tickups right now. High nooners, baby. I'm, yeah, I'm drinking, for the listeners, I'm drinking high noons. Um, I've probably had about six. And right now I'm grabbing not a high noon, but I am grabbing a uh, night shift brewing fluffinity. What, what is it? It's a, a New England IPA. It is. Oof. Seven percent. Ooh, see ya. Yep. I, um, all day I've been not all day, but like most of the day I've been outside uh, with my girlfriend and my dog. We bought um, we bought my dog a um, a nice little like doggy pool, puppy pool, and uh, she's like we. So we don't have a hose outside the house. Here's like my like my fire fest of the week. Um, we don't have a hose on the outside of the house. So we've been filling up this huge, like a little bit bigger than a Home Depot orange bucket of <laughs> water from the bathtub and, and carrying it through our entire house to the back porch, down a flight of stairs, and then dumping it into the pool. I did it three times. And um, Duncan, I, I thought I was going to die. Yep. It was bad. And the bu- it's so heavy like legitimately like i was carrying a hundred pounds just to my two scrawny little arms i was like shuffling down the stairs and everything it was bad but um so i only did it three times the pool is not full it's like it's it maybe comes up to like my toes um and uh she does not like it she's she can only get her like little paws wet and it's just like and she's like looking around at us and she's like why am i in this She just looks up at us and she's like, are you fucking kidding me? She's like, this is your, your piece of shit for this. You know that. And, and, and my girlfriend like picked up some water and like put it on her and everything. And then like, like soaking her and she was just like, yeah. And we tried to get her to sit so bad, like just put her butt in the water. No. And she would jump, she would just jump out. Um, uh, A last thing about the puppy, but she's just like, she's so fluffy that when we get her wet and you can see her hair matted down. She's like a fucking rat. She's like, she's like, she's just like thin as a rail. Her, her, I made the, the, the comment that like she just, her paws were in. She didn't get her top like coat wet. And she hopped out and it was just like basically up to her knee was wet and like really thin. And I'm like, she looks like one of those like, you know, early 20th century golfers that have like the knickers on where it's like the pant just is like around their knee and puffs up and it's like a thin tight sock. That's what she looked like. And she was like trotting around. And she's like, she's going to be a pain in the ass later tonight because she's going to have energy and, and her fur. We have to comb her out. Like we can't just like air dry her. Yeah. Otherwise the hair gets matted and then like she can like get like ingrown hairs and like infections and shit. So Check check me in five hours for combing up the dog and her biting me while she does it. Yeah. Um, new music. Uh, there was a J. Cole song that... Um, you did listen to that. Eh. 
Uh, didn't like it, but yeah. everyone on Twitter yelled at him for a solid 48 hours. Yeah, I did see that, that he was, I'm trying to remember back. It wasn't, it, obviously it had to do with Black Lives Matter, but it was less about like, what I thought that they were going to be yelling him at him at was like, oh, why are you putting out this song? Where like, while we're like talking about this, why are you trying to make money off of like us doing this? But it was like, he had made like some sort of line in the song. That, like, people just, like, didn't like. So, the story, the way I understand it, is that he, his song, he had chirped, um, it was, like, a, a basically, like, a subtweet yeah. at um, No Name. Yeah. And then, um, I don't really know who No Name is, if we're being honest with each other. Uh, but... Her the the person's pinned tweet. I believe it's a a lady. Um, she worked with Madlib, so I gotta respect that. Um, but then, yeah. So like, I guess he like dropped the song, and then he went on Twitter and made like a thread. And I did see was, that like, he responded, defending himself. Like he was like preemptively defending himself about the song. And then everyone was like, what do you... It Just none of it made sense. Yeah, I it did. It was very like, just, like, fucking weird. And it was I looked, not a good song. I looked at it on Twitter, <laughs> and I was just like, this is, like, too much right now. Like, I was, like, I, I was out at the beach. Like, I was like, I'm, I'm not dealing with this, like, negativity. Like, I really could care less about, like, what the fuck is happening right now with this, with J. Cole's song. Yeah. Um, it's not even an album. It's just a single fucking song. Yeah. Um. And so I kind of glossed over it, but I did, yeah, get that fact that like people were mad at him, and it wasn't of what I thought it was. And I did see that he was in like a like a bit of like a beef with this no name. Looked it up, no name. It, um, her name is uh, Fatima Nima Warner. I hope I'm saying the middle name right, Fatima Nima Warner. Um, she grew up in Chicago, slam poetry. Oh, she's on a, uh, she's on acid rap. Hmm. What she's song? She's on Lo- Lost. She's on. Oh, a- oh, that song. Yeah, I know. That's like a no-name song. Uh, put out a debut. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, put out a mixtape, Telephone, in 2016. A classic name for a mixtape. Debut album, Room 25, in 2018. She's member of the trio Ghetto Sage with, uh. S- uh, Simono and Sa- and Saba, two words that no, classically Smino don't and go together. Smino, uh, no Smino is uh, some ghetto sage. Smino is definitely on gorillas shit. I don't uh, know for a fact he is. Smino's on. He's with G- uh, Jid too. I'm, I know this guy. Okay, but I don't know no name. Either way, um, the moral of the story is that I don't really give a shit about J. Cole in the first place, so I didn't really give a shit about what I was happening. Cole. I just logged on Twitter, and everyone was yelling at him, and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, uh, to, blow, to have Twitter, like, throwing it in my I'm, face, like, look at the J. Cole drama. I'm like, yeah, no. Don't I don't care. Not I don't care. care. Um, and then uh, Lil Baby dropped a song that was actually fucking fire. It was fire and flames. What was it called? It was called uh, The Bigger Picture. 
I think. Yes, yeah. no, I did listen to this. I did listen to this. And he dropped really a video with it. And it was like both, like, I was honestly blown away because I don't think of Baby as being very uh, lyrical, um, if you will. He's a bit of a, he's cut from the young thug cloth of just sort of saying words and, uh, and having like a, sort a, of a go, pretty like, beat, yeah. Yeah, and like sort of being like a little more abstract um, than than necessarily like to the point. And this song, he was just like to the point completely. And like all of it sounded great. The beat was banging. The video was fucking cool. And yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. You know what it was? Well, baby, so, don't miss. I'm remembering it now um, from like the days that I had on the weekend. So, little baby drops that, and he has the video of him on like the bike going through the mm-hmm. street. And everything and then i uh, shoot now i'm remember, maybe i'm remembering it wrong there was another video it was like black twitter it was basically like um we we like we stand little baby but we like are canceling whoever the other rapper is it may have been j cole because it was two different like basically they were putting side by side like look at the message that little baby is putting out because yeah. his that song is very much like a black lives matter it was like, sort of like an anthem almost. Yeah, anthem. Yeah. And then the other person, it may have been, I can't remember for the life of me, it may have been J. Cole, it may have been someone else was putting up a video that was very much like a typical rap song. But yeah. during this climate, you can't really put out a typical rap song where you're like, you're, you're flashing uh, money and guns and drugs and, yeah. and shit, or you're like, just you're doing you. Like you, if, if you're in the hip hop game and you're an African American, kind of right now, it's passe to not put out or not have your voice be heard during this. It's definitely not um, to be right now. It's definitely not J Cole that put out that um, song because I know J Cole has been at like rallies and everything. J Cole has been like very vocal about the black lives movement. Um, So it was definitely someone else. Okay. So just to, to get back into the Cole thing for a second, I just didn't get how he can be so aware to be like, I don't, not that it's like you have to be aware to go to rallies, but like he was like letting his actions speak louder than his words. Like he didn't really come out and say a lot of stuff, but he was like going to the rallies and he was going to the protests and he was like doing the right thing. And then for him to like drop a song like that and just sort of like put his foot in his mouth, I was like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. I mean, what was that? In the moment, you can be like, that's a smart person in the moment, be like, that's really tone deaf. Like, what do you do? But like he, he, thinking about it, like did he record this four months ago when this That's was happening? That's very true. Yeah, wa- it, was he waiting on doing something like this, and then coronavirus happened, and he doesn't think he can, you know, drop a single and have it beat blow up or anything because of everyone. I don't know, but um, I, I mean, I would, I from what I read, a lot of people are being like, this is like this is very tone deaf. Like, yeah, why'd you do this? But in other new music news, um, Mayhem Loren and Harry Fraud dropped an EP. Kind of fucking fire. Um, I'm, I'm a I, so big I'm, fan of Harry Fraud. La musica de Harry Fraud. Um, I listened to it a couple times. I mean, like, it's classic. <clears throat> that kind of crew. Like, the, I, so I think Harry Fraud does better producing with those guys than The Alchemist does. That's my hot take. Mm. <clears throat> Mm, that is a spicy, spicy meatball you're playing with right now. Yeah, um, because I think I like a little bit heavier of a beat. Like, I like it to be, like, a little more, 
if I wanted to rattle my trunk, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I feel like the alchemist doesn't get that a lot. And like, I'm not, I'm also not saying he's bad. Like, I'm just saying that I think that when he's doing projects with like people who are in Bronson's crew kind of, but not Bronson, I think that a heavier beat does better to like, like for them. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. He's so I, I, when I see Harry Fraud on the like producing of like a Bronson song, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, like this is going to be some like dirty, like just like yeah. heavy shit. But when I see the Alchemist, I'm like, I'm going to get some good sampling. I'm going to get some like some very like technical shit. And it may not be like, like I said, like that where, you know, you got your fart face on. <laughs> where you're like, oh, yeah, like this is this is like this is shit. Um with the alchemist, it's gonna be very like, oh, like I like what they're doing with this. And with Harry Fraud, you're gonna be like, oh my god, like I could care less about what Bronson says. It's just this beat is fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, so it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, there's a feature from Big Body, who is just a fucking legend. We love we love Body Bass. Um, and then I wanted to, so I, um, I believe two episodes ago. I threw a cheap shot at Lil Yachty. Then um, I listened to the album, and it's actually pretty fucking good. So I just want to publicly apologize. Um, Are we going to go back on Lil Yachty right now? Yeah. Um, He's got a song with Future and someone else that's absolutely heat. He's got a song with uh, ASAP, Rocky, and Tyler that's absolutely heat. And then, like, the first half of the album is just straight-up bangers. And I, like, was listening to... I just put it on because, like, I was going to the grocery store and I was like, I just want something to listen to. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry for speaking ill on your name, Yachty. That's on me. And, like, the back half of the album is kind of shitty. Like, I feel like whenever you drop a bigger album, if you get a guy like Yachty, like, that second half is the stuff where he kind of gets into, like... Yeah, Love songs and crooning, and I'm just like, nah, yeah, I think I'm out. But yeah, the first nine, half of the album is fucking good, dude. 19 songs for Yachty is a lot. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I mean, when you, I didn't give it any sort of attention, so I'm, I'm going to now. I'm definitely going to be like, like you know, give it a listen after you've kind of given this uh, very star-studded um, review. Um, maybe we can touch on this maybe next episode after i listen to it and everything um but yeah but yeah td and pardon me are both heat really okay anytime you get asap and tyler on a song i know asap and tyler that that seems like yachty was like got like a text from like a producer or someone being like oh hey like uh you know who i got in the studio right now i got asap and tyler because like they go everywhere together yeah, and, like, but I, I think got them they're in the studio. also like, like, yeah, let's fucking go. I think they're also kind of mobbed up with Yachty. Like, because we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Like, ASAP was kind of the reason Yachty blew up because he had, like, he was kind of yeah. working with him. He's, Yachty's on all those fucking, like, um, ASAP, like the ASAP mob shit. Like, he's kind of all over the place with them. So, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just kind of like homies. But, yeah, I, I just, that. I needed to, I felt I needed to mention that to get it off my chest. But, um, yeah, it was, it was killing you. <clears throat> The last thing I wanted to talk about in terms of music news is, have you been following what 
Takashi Six Nine has been doing at all. No, no, dude. The other day, I've seen, like, I, I saw him t- trending on Twitter, and I was just like, nope. Like, no. yeah. So I treat him with a general disdain. Yeah. Um, I think he's like. I'm trying to think of a, like a, a comparison, but I can't. He just he's so fucking like snake. He doesn't. First of all, he doesn't make good music. His music no. sucks. It is garbage. It, it's I can uh, like I can like surmise all of Six uh, Nines music too when he's screaming like get the blicky up like that's some some yeah. really like bullshit. Like, yeah. Treyway, like, get the fuck out. Like, what the fuck is it? Like, I remember my kids when I used to work out west, and they would be like, they would make fun of, like, yeah. oh, like, oh, I got the blicky. Like, that's a stupid ass fucking thing to call a gun. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, you're right, middle schooler, and everything. Like, like, like so many people, he's a meme. The only reason he is he, popular right now is because he's a meme. Like, he's, exactly. he's, he's, he's a joke. I almost have to respect it because I feel like he's kind of. I feel like he's smart enough to understand that, and he's kind of leaning. Oh, into he's it. definitely profiting off of it. He's leaning into it hard. Because then uh, the other night, I was just like sitting on the couch, and he was like on live. I didn't watch any of it because I just don't have time for that sort of nonsense. But like XXL or someone was doing like sort of like updates about it, and he was just like his whole thing was he was like. I'm going to expose all the snitches in the game. And it was just like, what, what do you mean, dude? What, like, who are you going to tell that? Like, are you going to try to tell me that? Like, I don't know. Joey badass is a snitch. Like what, what do you mean? And then if it's like a SoundCloud rapper, I don't give a fuck. So that's, so that shit makes me think that he is number one. He's in witness protection. Because mm-hmm. why, after all the shit he's already been through, where he's, like, he has been exposing people for, like, gang activity and whatever he's been doing, um, that makes me think if he's brazen enough to go on live and be like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, drop everyone's shit. I'm just going to reveal everything. Like, okay, well, you're in the witness protection. No one's going to fuck you with, fuck with you anymore. Like you're, you're not going to be able to go in the studio. You're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. Um, and then B like another part of me is definitely like he, I don't know. He wants to die. I don't know <laughs> to fucking do that shit. Like, and then uh, yeah, the third reason, like why, why do you, why do you want to do that after the shit you've already been through after getting death threats, after probably getting the shit kicked out of you in prison for the short time you were in it. Or like, or like the court system, or wherever. I don't even fucking know. like. It was like, why, why fucking do this? Who are you going to rat out? Who are you going to rat out that would you would think you'd be okay to rat out with? He just seems like the epitome of like a keyboard gangster. Yeah, he's. Like, definitely, I feel like, like he's never actually done anything gangster no. in his life, and he's. It is all just like an act. No, and like there's so many. Like, just, just yeah. if somehow Takashi Six Nine is listening to this, please come and prove me wrong. If you yeah. if you want to come to my, I will give you my address, and you can come on down here, and we can have a little chat. Yeah, and you can intimidate me or something. I don't know. Yeah, with your you want to do. with your pink and yellow hair. 
Yeah, dude, you have 69 tattooed on your face. I don't, yeah. sorry, I don't take you seriously. Um, Good look at it, stop with that. <laughs> do you want to rattle off like a quick top five Wayne and wrap up music? And then we can go into kind of the second. Yeah, of course. Let me, uh, half of things. Let me hop on down to Mr. Robert, uh, <laughs> Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Thank you. Picture this, I'm a bag of dicks, put me to your lips. I got four Wayne songs, I'm working on a fifth. Yeah, I have two. Uh, three. Uh, four, actually. I may have to go digging a little bit. I may have to go, like, where Wayne's a feature. Um, yeah, I'm also, I threw away the no feature idea. I'm just doing things with features, I don't care. Damn, chopped and screwed. I fucking love. I love watching about chopped and screwed. Like they're like the whole like chopped mentality. Dude, yes. Oh, the documentary. Like, okay, so yeah, we gotta go that, back like, to that, that for that, a second. Like that then. dude was just like I invented chop, and he was the only one doing chop, and then he just died, and then like chop like died too. Yeah, DJ Screw, dude, rest in peace. Um, but it's really funny because um. It died, but it didn't die because, like, even on like Astro World, Travis Scott has a song called "R.I.P. Screw," yeah, which is like clear, and like you can see how like those influences you can see that in Travis Scott's music because like he's sort of the only one that sorted. He took like that sort of auto tune style and then brought in some chopped and screwed. Yeah, and sort of was like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He brought his own, you know, like. Like Texas, the auto tune. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, dude, I didn't know. Um, I really never knew how Bun B and Pimp C came up. Like, I, that, that story was fascinating to me, dude. A lot of, like, a, a lot of, like, the, up, the origins of a lot of people, like, like again, like, you, like, Bun B, like you said, like, was just brand, excuse me, brand new to me. I and it made me fall in love a little bit more with hip hop. It made me fall like in love with songs I had heard a million times over. And then I was like, fuck, man, like, you know, like, um, shape like the Humpty Dance and shit was like, oh, I gotta listen to Digital Underground more and more. I have to listen to, um, NWA more. I gotta listen to Two Live Crew a little bit more. Like, there was just so much that when I watched it, I would probably watch like three episodes in a row. Um, like every other day and i would just sit down and be like fuck like i just gotta listen to more and more it made me want to go out and buy uh, yep. <clears throat> uh records too i think that's on that fourth season where they talk about going to that hotel and buying records to sample from and it was like a hush hush that's the shit i fucking yeah. love it's like fishermen with their like favorite fishing spot like you don't tell anyone where mm -hmm. you're catching all your best fish you don't the and the uh DJs and the MCs, you don't tell anyone what records you're buying to sample from. You're not telling them that you're buying like James Brown's like certain little like shit that like he like dropped as a single. You're not telling anyone that shit. It's like the hush hush 
and like the very like nuances of being a DJ or being an MC was just so intriguing to me. And like also I didn't I didn't realize that like first of all Bun B is maybe one of the most underrated rappers of yes. all of all time. Totally got um, that from, from the doc. Yeah. And also like I didn't like Port Arthur is really fucking butt fuck Texas. And yeah, they just true. like we're like, yo, we, we're putting the show on the map. We got this. It was so in like crazy to see uh, Texas rap and like basically Texas rap was ghetto boys for <clears throat> yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. And I've been such a ghetto boys fan for for forever. Basically, you know who who turned me on to ghetto boys? Mason. Mm-mm. Matt Prescott. It bent. Okay. Turn me on the ghetto boys. Mind playing tricks on me. Fucking um uh oh, fuck, I can't remember it. Like the ain't nothing but a gangster shit or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So much of uh like the ghetto boys, so it was like my early like sort of like high school kind of early hip hop. I was like, oh I fucking love the ghetto boys. Love Bushwick Bill and fucking the rest of them. Um and to see that, I was like, oh, like ghetto boys were early. Ghetto yeah. boys were early early rap to start basically texas rap like i give so much more props like i give i have so much more respect for the ghetto boys like they were almost like a novelty to me like hearing about how bushwick bill on mind playing tricks somebody's talking about oh halloween this year halloween fell on a weekend me and ghetto boys are trick-or-treating i'm like oh it's a funny little song about halloween like no no it's like they started that shit yeah sampling that 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 shit like i fucking loved all of like again like the whole like oh I, I, i'm not going to tell you what record i found the sample from and everything i loved all the sampling that they had on the dock loved it one i didn't know bushwick bill was a midget and not that that's funny but that was funny do you know uh me what realizing bushwick-, bushwick bill was a midget was a funny thing for me so bushwick bill yes is a small person um he was shot in um, when he was like 23, shot in the face, and they did surgery, and so he has one. Bl- he's blind in one eye. He's a glass eye. You know what he does now? What? He's a radio pastor in Texas. Wow. Bushwick Bill is the shit, man. <laughs> Took a hard left, but I bet you could. I would be interested to see if you could trace the Ghetto Boys and like their influence up through sort of like that Midwest. Like if you go directly north up Texas. You would essentially get to Kansas City, and that's where Tech Nine came out of, yeah. and that whole crew, and they very much followed in those footsteps of sort of that hardcore rap, and yeah. then all the way up to like Detroit too, because Eminem came up out of like like D twelve was all horrorcore. Exactly. I know. And, I, that kind of I, shit. and that was I the only place we were getting that kind of rap out of was like that sort of Midwest strip. Of just, yeah, just very like violent, very like scary. Like I made that connection of like M, like M doing like some M doing Stan. Yeah, and then I'm like, this is like he's like talking some serious shit, like the Kettle Boys talk about. Like, there's got to be some connection and everything. And again, like I I vaguely remember knowing that Ghetto Boys were Texas, but it wasn't until the doc did they solidify like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, they're fucking from Texas and everything. And then I thought more and more, and I'm like. Yeah, like Tech Nine is super violent and like loves like rapping about like dismembering people. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's got to be like an influence from Ghetto Boys. Because yeah, Ghetto Boys were fucking early. And th- they had mentioned in the doc that like, oh, 
like, you know, um, this guy was had the best rhymes. This guy had the best flow. And Bushwick Bill just had, like, the most, like, grotiest, scariest, like, verses and everything. Yeah. Like, Bushwick Bill was the horrorcore guy. He would always dress up in a Jason mask on um, stage. Jason mask and have, like, a knife. And just, like, yeah. be, like, just running around as a little person. Like, Argh. All right, top five Wayne songs. All right. Number five. Uh, my, my number five is the collab that Wayne did with Blink-182, um, where he basically sang a Millie with What's My Age Again. It's amazing. If you haven't, listened, if you haven't heard it, it's amazing. Um, my number five is going to be um, Lala off of the Carter 3. It yeah. has – it is – the beat is fucking mm-hmm. – it's – just a xylophone, but it fucking slaps. And no, like it's it it's does. just a really well done song. And the features no, are like, really like fucking good too. Busta rhymes. I think so yeah, fun. but I think it's Busta and Bun B are on it. Uh Briscoe. Is what I'm looking Correct. at right now. Correct. Yep. Uh, but no, no, like that was like again early <laughs> shit. Like I knew a Millie and I knew Lala. Yeah. Off Carter Three. Like that's that's what I knew. And the I, OG, think, so I, I love that song. Ugh. All right, my number four. Um, my number four is off his most recent one, his most recent album, um, or not, not most recent, but um, the Carter Five, 2018. Besides Funeral, is um, Uproar with Swiss Beats. It was like, yep, I've had Banger. that on. I've had that on a playlist for a while, and it's just such a good listen. It's like his lyrics are fucking on point. It's Swiss a good, Beats is great. really, like, really fucking good gym song too. It, yeah, that exactly. Like that's like I would bump that to be like, yeah, like let's, let's it's a great pregame song. You're like, yeah, let's like get, let's get fucking going, man. Um, I think I'm gonna go with my number four. This is sort of a cop out number four, but um, outro on the Carter Four. It just has it's like he basically did a like a song with just a ton of features and yeah it and the, all the features I, mean, it, I I gotta think it was people that came to him and were like hey like if you're doing something like we want to be on it and he just put them all together and it's fun. basically like a Lil Wayne tribute song where everyone yeah. is like this dude. Is the fucking OG. Also, yeah. take a guess how old Lil Wayne is. I'm trying to think. Okay. Him with Juvenile, he's like six. He, no, no, not even. He's like 14 when he's with Juvenile. And that was back in the ni- uh, late 90s. I want to say, it like, I'll, I'll, I'll give it like 95. He's 14. Um, plus like 25. What is that? He is he forty? He's thirty-seven, dude. What? I was genuinely speechless Thir- when I looked that up. That's way too young. Yeah, he's like what eleven, twelve years older than us. Yeah. Thirteen years older than us. That's fucking crazy, dude. Jesus Christ. And he's and then you go through his like his like album fucking like his albums even like just his studio released albums and he has two four six eight ten twelve fourteen sixteen sixteen studio released albums some of those are remixes so I'm gonna throw a little asterisks in there but like what the fuck well we can tell all of our listeners 
um, you know, thank the heavens that little Wayne is here to stay. He's yeah. definitely Wayne is over that hump of like, no one's fucking with him. Yep. Like no, he's not going to be like, like XXX. Like no one's going to shoot him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's smart enough. If he's lasted this long, he may not have an OD. Yep. So I think we're going to have Wayne. We're, we'll be Wayne's going to be dropping albums for the next 30 years. Yes. Easily. And he's, like, the other thing is like, like there's a lot of guys that I think came up just before him, but I think he hit that sweet spot where he's always had to sort of adapt to new like styles and new yeah. music. And he's killed it every time. He's and still he dropping has, yeah. great fucking music. Carter five was amazing. It was fucking great, dude. And even like the funeral still fucking great, dude. I got to so, listen like, to the funeral. We got him for a while, dude. Yeah. And we got a lot of music left out of that guy. I did want to say that fucking video of him knocking over his uh, his dirty sprite. Do yeah. you know what video I'm talking about? Is yeah. a hilarious video. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. It's, it's funny. <laughs> What's your number three? Um, what did I say my number one was? My number four was uproar. Um, lollipop, Carter three. That was my. I had an honorable mention on that one. Also, the lollipop. lollipop. <laughs> The remix yep. is also worth an honorable mention. Um, yeah. Yep. I think it's my very, number... It's very re- remixable. Yeah. It's very remixable. Um, my number three, I think, is I Miss My Dogs off the Carter. The, wow. OG. Yeah. OG. I, I've been on that grind recently, but I don't know. It's like one of those songs that I think got really like overlooked but it's like a super funky hook and then he just has like a couple killer verses yeah no i do know yeah i know what you're talking about like i have listened to that like once or twice um yeah it's it's just his lyricism is like you can't beat it he's just he can like just he just doesn't stop rhyming he's so good with just painting a picture um or like coming up with like the 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 next best like like rhyme and everything he's he's good yeah number two my number two is six foot seven foot ah that's an honorable mention for me very sure very commercial like i i get like a lot of people would be like oh like oh six foot seven foot like oh thanks rosie (laughs) my headphones off um you smell like wet dog um but like that's like early early like i it's it's grained in my brain like listening to mtv in like absolutely 2000 like 2008 2009 just hearing six foot seven foot is just like i love it so it holds a special place sample is amazing um my number two is mr carter off the carter three we have a lot featuring jay-z yeah Um, no that was a great one i do remember that one vividly from high school like just how like the collaboration finally between you know basically the south and new york yeah like having jay-z on that track was fucking great i i remember that being a huge deal even being that young me being like oh shit dude they finally did like they finally got together that was all over like tv like it was all over mtv vh1 it was just like oh like they're doing it. They're doing it. Like, yeah. What's your number one? My number one is a Millie. A Millie. 
can't be. I dude. thought about doing it, but a million I wanted here, a million here. I'm an, um, yeah. Yeah. Just fucking money. Um, I tried to go a little deeper on the cuts cause I knew that you would do those kind of songs. I wanted to yeah. cover everything. So my number one is bring it back featuring Manny fresh off the Carter one. Awodies, awodets. Absolute banger. They may have thrown that on. Um, they may have thrown that on to Hip Hop Evolution. I think they did. But that, like, I was just, like, walking around the other day just yelling, Awodies. I don't know what that means, but it's fun to say. Wayne's got a fucking album from 99. The block yeah. is hot. Um, honorable mentions John featuring Rick Ross off the Carter 4 that was a banger and Mm. then Phone Home off the Carter 3 so did Wayne drop drop it like it's hot before drop it like it's hot became famous I think so wow that one's with Big and, and Manny Fresh yeah dude also Manny Fresh is like in OG, that dude is still pimping. He is, oh, yeah. <laughs> in the interviews, wow. he was still like. Also, I love there were so that- many. There were so many people that hopped on, like Lacoque Rock. Uh, you haven't actually, you haven't seen him yet. It's it's the like the first episode where they're talking about like OG, like nineteen seventies hip hop, and it's uh, DJ Cool Herc pop like doing it in Bronx. And then it's Lacoque Rock. Lacoque Rock has three teeth. <laughs> three. And he's just like, ah, we out here, man. We're, we're doing our best. Like, we're just like, we're fucking bullying and everything. And I'm like, Lacoque Rock, like, if you are like the be all end all of hip hop right now, you're the one of the fathers of hip hop, you should have more teeth. <laughs> Go get teeth, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, fucking Wayne, dude. Um, Wayne. Peace, Bubby. If I say anything stupid, just bleep it out. Signing off. Uh, Peace out, you cool cats and kittens. Yeah, text me. Oh, I will. Only facts, I will shoot up. Baby duck if it quacks with a ruga. Top billing, come cops and billing it. Shots is blocked, shipped out and bought. And y'all feeling it. LP killing it. Killing my killing shit. What more can I say? We top billing it. Valiant without villain it. Viciously found victory. Burnt towns and villages. Burning looting and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all their children. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to tuck away. I don't work for free. I am barely giving a fuck. Away. So tell Big and Johnny and Mommy to get the fuck away. Hey, yo, here's a gun, son. Now run, get it to gut away. Live to shoot another day.